Let our powers combine. Survival. Early access. Crafting. Open world. Your powers combined. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Uh, it's going all right. I'm surprisingly mm-hmm. tired. Yeah, I feel that. I've done nothing today outside of drive that's, and sit. That's pretty much pretty much the same. We did some grocery shopping and it rained uh, on the way out, though. It was just like tropical rainforest deluge. Oh, like were you running the car? And you're like, doesn't matter. Fucking soaked. Yeah, yeah. Oof. I did. We didn't even run. It was just kind of like brisk walk because fate has already determined. You know, we will be the sponges in this situation. Dry or moist, drench them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just pick them up and drop them in in the ocean. So, um, when I got home today, I got home around close to one. Shut the wall on the way because I was driving up from the beach stuff. Right. Um, as soon as I open the door after I check my mail, there's apparently a little wolf spider. Oh I'll, yeah, uh, yeah. Hold up for size to your camera. That size yeah, for the listeners. This is a, this is about half of a, uh, a tennis ball. All right, it's we're down like to a, a golf 50 ball. cent piece. If yeah. anybody remembers <laughs> those. Um, it's like a gun. I think is what you've described at this point. Yes, it is a gigantic <laughs> gun. No, I like, fucking just rolled in. Oh, now I get the joke. Shit. Okay. Well played. Uh-huh, yep. Um, as soon as I open the door, it scurries in, and I'm worried it's gonna now like climb up to the steps before I can reach it. Yeah. Um, it's gonna just be within my home. Um, so I have like a small salt lamp there, and then I also got like a very small package of honey because mm-hmm. Jewish people send that sometimes. <laughs> salt Rosh Hashanah, New Year, yada yada. So yeah. I take these things and I just like kind of mash at where it is in the corner and then verify it's dead and then bring everything in. Mm-hmm. But you survived the encounter. I did. That's I would good. have liked to have like removed it from the apartment mm-hmm. in case it regens and reconstitutes its body and seeks mm-hmm. vengeance. Right. I played horror games before. That sounds about right. I think wolf spiders are they're the uh those don't harm people, though, right? Wolf spiders hunt flies and things like that, if I remember correctly. Most maybe it was other spiders. spiders. Or like yeah. that. Yeah. They're going for things that they can kill. Hmm. Which, I mean, will be things that are caught in their net, not things that would destroy their life and ecosystem. <laughs> right. Although you did say that you were pretty tired. So maybe in your like diminished state, you could have counted Is as like, I can take this bitch boy. <laughs> Go down. <laughs> <laughs> yield he treats me uh, like a dark souls boss he's like i'm just gonna go for the ankles and sidestep yeah exactly <laughs> oh man i've kind of wanted to play dark souls recently like dark souls sekiro something like that i, I don't most know why it's recently just, went there. through sekiro again hmm. still feels good yeah are you looking for it for like the combat aesthetic or are you going for more of the progression of skills i don't know i think it's just the the gameplay probably the combat probably um the best way to put it it's just the moment to moment gameplay i kind of i kind of miss i've been playing a bunch you ever like have a lot of options for games but then there's one thing that you just want to play and it's not even the novel thing. <laughs> it's the thing you already have. You mean Path of Exile? So I've been able to play it for a week? Yep. <laughs> well, you've been deprived of that at least. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Ever yeah, since the incident. Things, it's, it's like a safe go back to. Mm-hmm. In the same way we've <coughs> talked about Minecraft as something that you can always kind of go back to as a touchstone game. Yeah. Because uh, it scratches a certain itch. Um. I like the mindlessness of Path of Exile or just 
trying to get cool new shiny shit or it feels very comfortable always playing dota 2 with a squad yeah. who i know mm-hmm. and we just hang out and bullshit and dota 2 is kind of the medium yeah i can understand that completely um it's nice to have a comfort title you can go back to there's there's times i've like launched games recently and i'm like do i have the patience to get into this right now and sometimes the answer is no so i just quit out and do something else i actually um, like the night before i left i was like oh i'm definitely gonna launch thief 4 and play a mission i played one mission i'm like we we okay though yeah yeah i'm done like there i still a... like Sorry, go the idea of thief but it's not I I don't know. It just does, it's not the same anymore. Yeah, I, I uh, Crusader Kings three came out pretty recently, yeah. and I uh, I I started it up and I started going through the tutorials because you kind of have to know how those games play since a lot of it is menus. Um, and I got like a couple tutorial screens that, tutorial screens in, and I was like, uh. then I went and I took a nap woke up and came back and tried again. <laughs> I was like, I literally need to like regenerate mental capacity in order to do this. <laughs> um, so I get that. Minecraft though. That's, that's the nice one. So yeah. much thing you could focus on anything in Minecraft, but if you want to just chill and do something, you can, you can let it ride as they say. I wish I experimented more with it. Like one of my boys, Stevie, has more recently gotten into Minecraft and he like didn't play it until let's say half a year ago. Yeah. But now he'd be like, hey, Dave, check this out. And he'll show me things. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like it's um, from Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. It's some type of like automated thing that he designed himself or got from somewhere or it's like this very expensive build project or it's like custom assets for shaders for lighting i'm like i played vanilla as vanilla can be that was yeah. it i punched wood and i heard that classic minecraft song kick in i'm like this is my jam oh yeah no my, the minecraft tracks are actually legitimate i have a spotify um spotify like uh no, nocturnal playlist for going to sleep and it has one or two minecraft tracks on there because it's just it's just so soothing. And what's weird is like we weren't super young, I think, when it when it came out, probably still what formative college years maybe. Um would have been the time I think that was really going that on. That sounds right. But like I have nostalgia for that game and I know that like the generations after us will have even more nostalgia because they literally played it as kids. Um and it's it's kind of the high point for this week's this week's episode. It's the uh, the counterpoint to all of the issues that we'll bring up with other games. Um, I mean, Minecraft was a huge thing, is a huge thing. The same way everybody knows what the fuck Mario is, or you've heard mm-hmm. of it, you know what Minecraft is, or have heard of it. Right. And people yeah. said, "Wow, that was successful." What elements did it have for its success? Mm-hmm. And that would be what we're talking about today. Yeah. Is the four horsemen of video games. Yes. These uh, things are kind of not necessarily bad on their own. When they're joined together, dear God, uh, it, is, it is Red Flag City. It's just a force multiplier for, for each one. It's like, oh, one of these things? That's kind of cool. I like I like survival games. And it's like, oh, crafting. You're like, yeah, I can see survival and crafting. Those go together. That makes a lot of sense. And you're like, open world. You're like, all right. Well, I mean, that's going to take a lot of effort. I hope you guys have set set aside some good design time and got ideas for where you're headed with things. And then you're like, early access. And you're like, it's never going to launch. It's never going to see the light of day. Um, And those those are the four horsemen, which is a term I've actually seen thrown around like a fair amount maybe a little bit less now i feel like as usual we're covering things in the waning years (laughs) of their uh relevance Uh, but it still exists well yeah definitely it's been a steam green light or just steam indie metric for a very long time yeah Mm -hmm. 
And it's not, again, not that any of these individual elements are bad or even that they're necessarily bad altogether. It yeah. just raises red flags because a lot of times they are implemented poorly mm-hmm. or just, okay, let's say you're on like a dating app. There are certain types of people that you'll take a look at and you'll make immediate judgments on yeah, based on their solo selfies neck tattoos uh, standing next to American flag type thing like you're like none of these things are necessarily bad right but red flags are being raised and I'm making assumptions right yeah I mean having a red flag raised behind the person is also you know a red flag in itself that is true what does that mean probably communist (laughs) probably communist yeah Um, um I think it, I like that we started with Minecraft though, because there are, like you mentioned, positive examples and Minecraft obviously was never truly early access because it wasn't on a platform. Minecraft was just distributed from the uh, Mojang site, Um, but it was available in alpha and beta like long before its actual release. And it's had really long development cycles which is something that's really common for games in early access. Surprise, surprise. Um, and so it still it still matches all of those things. And I think that's that's one of the things that's going to be nice to compare against. Like, I would put, I would, you know, take, I would pause the podcast right now and like go play Minecraft if I was slightly less diligent, just a little bit, just a little bit less diligent. <laughs> Um, because I consider it like exemplary of what those games could be. But so many games that followed wanted to like ride those coattails or be the next Minecraft and see that level of success. And they failed with like the exact same basic formula, I would say, or close to it. Yeah. Um, you're going to pick an example from the list. Sure. Rust. Rust is not trying to be Minecraft, but mm-hmm. it does share a lot of elements. Um, it's fairly open world. It is a static map, so it's not procedurally generated as we right. know Minecraft to be. I did have, you kind of hit rocks and trees, which are nodes, which mm-hmm. is a fairly common thing as far as resource gathering games. Instead of the whole earth being your beacon of resources uh just a couple of set places right i don't think there was terraforming in rust not that i recalled okay so you can Um, actually modify terrain specifically but you could craft and build structures right and it's worth disclaiming i haven't played rust in literally years oh yeah everything i'm saying is off of these memories from like four years ago yeah but the game is still in development which is one of the one of the 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 horsemen is the early access moniker where it never seems to be resolved and i think rust is really emblematic of that like when we played it there were zombies because they were doing the whole zombie thing but they always said the zombies were placeholders they're gonna like change them out eventually and then apparently they did that (laughs) at one point and they're not zombies anymore uh, because they didn't want it to be a zombie game i guess long term um and yeah, it, it's had like core fundamental changes in ways that are completely separate from a positive way like Minecraft. Minecraft was building on top of existing complete systems. And so, you know, when they added gliders to Minecraft, no one was like, this undermines my gameplay, <laughs> right? Like this is ruined Minecraft, I hope. Um, or the nether or anything like that. Um but early access games oftentimes undergo changes that aren't always positive and are sometimes super transforming in ways that could hamper like the existing uh, community. I didn't actually think about that uh, when we were working on this list. Mm-hmm. But I'm yeah, trying to think of uh, other games I've played early access that have had transformations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I can think of as a quick go-to is Hades from Supergiant. But that's been very iterative. They've done right. some balancing patches here and there. But it's not like they're like, 
that whole system was shit. Get it out of here. Yeah. Because they had the um, the design in advance for where they wanted the game to go. And then they were filling in the mechanics and layers that they had planned from the start. So it never felt like they were undercutting themselves, I think. Um, I, another example of a game that we've covered that uh, did actually undercut itself in this way, which was really popular with us, like... Um, like we had some fun with Rust for a while. A game we played even more was Seven Days to Die. Oh uh, which, yeah, which we had an episode on. Um, and you know that's a, that's a game that's similar in the Minecraft space. Sort of, we will get together four or five friends and then be like, "All right, for the next week, this is it. This is our multiplayer thing." And uh, the reason I say they kind of undercut themselves is they had a major system change uh, semi recently, so like a year year and a half back, something like that. They completely changed the way that like skill points were earned and the way like experience was applied. And it showed that they were dissatisfied with an existing fundamental system in a way that you wouldn't see with Hades because they had all of that thought out in advance. Um, And seven days to die is always under development. Like they're always like okay we'll add a vehicle we'll tweak all of this we'll revise all of this it's literally in development hell and playable in that state um it's still a really fun game but it embodies early access 100 <laughs> percent. it actually embodies a lot of the sins yeah um because there is survival right mm-hmm. you do need to essentially monitor your health, food, and water. Yep. Uh, so, like, anytime you start up on these games, it's like, go find some shit. Um, so, usually, like, you will have a couple of deaths early on before you know what you need to ingest or how to procure it. Yeah. Um, as far as the early access, which they kind of already covered, um, the crafting in that game exists and is fine. I actually really don't have any issues with it. Yeah. Um, it's got it just, good vertical like, progression. When attacks happen, all your shit will be destroyed. <laughs> I, like, I don't think there's a way around that. So that's just more of a design choice. Kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. And the open world thing. Again, I think it is. I'm not sure if it's generated per server. Uh, there, there's like two options. Place. You can okay. do a uh, use a pre-made map, or you can make one a new one uh, and spend time generating it. Um, but the generation just has like, you know, old style Minecraft where you could have like hard biome transitions where it was just like this one's mountains and then immediately tundra on the opposite <laughs> side, yeah, or like desert on the mm-hmm. opposite side, um, and they kind of smoothed some of those biome transitions out. Biome gradients. Uh, Yes, exactly. Uh, Seven Days to Die, the autom- automated one, does not have gradients. It's just like, and here's the point where the desert stops and the uh, snow tundra begins. <laughs> and I yeah. also realize tundras can be deserts. You don't have to ride in with that. I get that. I get that. But you know what I'm talking about. I mean, fair enough. But it it still has very much of that open world feel. Where it does feel oh. rewarding to go around and explore and yeah. raid a building or something else, which is usually going to be a node for like some random items in a house that might respawn after a set number of days. Uh, but at the same time, it just feels very empty. Mm-hmm. Someone's like, hey, let's make a map. And they take a picture of a map and they load it into Blender or something else. They're like, okay, here's the map. Well, we have to. And he's essentially start like picking random dots to fill in the circle so it looks kind of filled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of like if I was going to make a blueberry cobbler, I didn't have a set number of blueberries, but I wanted people to be like, well, I don't want them to think there's no blueberries, but I want them to think it's not just only a bucket of blueberries. So like right. you try and like evenly disperse things. I see what you're getting at. Yeah. But yeah. it. You, t- you curate the map. Yeah. Yeah. So it still feels kind of weird in a way Mm -hmm. because usually it is just like here's a static asset of like a house. Now, to be fair, it looks fairly cohesive in the game compared to how I'm describing it. 
Mm-hmm. There's very much a feel of it's not super cohesive. Yeah. No, like I a collection of smaller cohesive elements. They kind of use like a points of interest system. So like there's cities about and there's towns, but most cities are pretty similar. Most towns are pretty similar. The terrain just varies. Um, I think like, I don't want to undersell sell it because we have, I think a lot of fun when we play seven days to die, but yeah. it's also a game that could be significantly better if there was a concerted push to finish it. It's one of those like eternal early access games where like it looks like source two or like less than source two. The game looks like garbage most of the time graphically. And if you try to change that, it'll destroy your system. (laughs) But it's like, that's fine. I don't mind if graphics are bad, but it's still in development, right? It, It hasn't, the graphics are bad and it has not shipped. It has like these deficiencies that continue and that's kind of emblematic of the process here is sometimes they're like juggling early access games feel like they're juggling issues and there's always something up in the air. They're not that aren't being resolved. Um, so anyways, that's, that's the negative thing, but <laughs> I mean, the cool thing is I guess for early access, which you seen with like a lot of like Patreon and what was the other one for Patreon? Kickstarter, Kickstarter, or GoFundMe, anything like that. GoFundMe, yeah. Um, is GoFundMe is for medical bills now? <laughs> that's, oh, that's what that's. Well, it's not officially. It is then. Yeah, it can be used for other things, but yeah. Well, specifically, it was the initial thing of, hey, I'm somebody with a little bit of flexible income. Somebody starting a cool project. They're not part of a major corporation. There's mm. somebody with a dream, like a cool idea, and I want to be a part of that as a part of that community. Um, so you support them and their efforts and they work on a thing and you get to iteratively see it come to life. Right. And that's a really cool fucking thing on its own for how I described it. Yeah. But rarely that's the ideal. <laughs> yes. It, it is very idealistic because rarely we see that happen. A lot right. of things are like marked as early access. And then you check it out two years later on steam. You're like, that still looks where it, where it did yeah and it's mm-hmm. like had two small patches so i'm not sure if they just never got the development resources to continue to work on it if interest was lost overall or something mm-hmm. else came up but that's why it's one of those flags and it's it's like looking for short term and you're like ah. yeah i i've mentioned it before i think um but there used to be a gate for releasing games and it's like even if the game was garbage you found a way to say like to ship off the gold copy or the copy that's going to end up on shelves going gold is like having your release copy go out right um and that doesn't always exist here now that there's new models like early access or patreon funded games which i think are even in some ways more strenuous with the community than like early access because in like a Patreon funded game, for instance, there's actually an incentive for the developer not to completely finish the game because as soon as they do, that might cut off some of their continual funding, right? Like people might be like game's done, you know, no, you know, I don't need to be a patron. Yeah. I wanted to fund the game itself, not future DLC. Exactly. Um, And I'm not saying everyone's like that, but I know it can be part of the mentality. And uh, early access lets you push things out, theoretically get resources to keep it running, like to keep that development going. So you could finish projects that theoretically you might not have had enough gas for to finish with your development team. And that's great. That's awesome. But once you get some of those sales... If those start to drop off, where's your incentive to finish your product? Like how many people are waiting for that, that gold in quotes release versus the people who bought it early. And it's not always worth it for these people to finish their games. Um, And maybe they personally just don't have the investment. Maybe if they didn't have the early access option, the game wouldn't have been shipped. Mm 
you know, who knows? But on some point when I'm re- retired, I'd like to have a corollary episode to this and uh, my my field of work. Yeah, <laughs> some interesting that's commentary fair. there. Um, <laughs> so that seems like we've pretty much covered early access. Yeah, typically, I, it, I would I would say for myself and probably speaking for you, mm. kind of skeptical of it. Mm. Unless you are very familiar with the developer or publisher. Yes. Buying buying potential is much sketchier than buying a finished product in my mind. Like I would never get an early access hoagie. Um, <laughs> right. Just to be fair, like timeline aside, I want the finished product so I can consume it immediately. Right. I'm not going to come back and be like, Oh, is there lettuce on that? Okay, I'll eat the lettuce. Oh, is there tomatoes on that? And I'm essentially just eating ingredients as I'm going like a very slow grocery shop. Right. <laughs> I'm just imagining they have like the hoagie roll in front of you. And they're like, all right, we put the meat on it. And you're just like, excellent. I love meat. And then you just grab it off <laughs> of the bun and eat the meat. And they're like, okay, lettuce. You're like, lettuce is okay. Grab the lettuce, eat the lettuce. You're just sitting there with a fork, like eating... <laughs> the contents of this role um yeah that's exactly that um but yeah the 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 other ones the other horsemen we have here were um crafting and survival and open world and i think crafting and survival are probably more closely related like mm. i feel like those are really tied together in a I lot mean, of these games there's definitely a connection for where they come up Mm-hmm. But as concepts, I would, at least at this point in time, think of them as very separate. Okay. I, I guess it's worth noting Minecraft, actually, even though it had survival mode, which was the common thing to play, survival is a very small component of most of Minecraft. This is probably the least emphasized option. Yeah. Or tag. It's first couple days. Okay. Hey, did you learn how to punch bread? Or punch wheat, grats, you're good for life. Yeah. Can you kill cows? You're done. Like, you really don't exude enough energy in that game for it to ever really be an issue. You have to opt into danger, I think, in Minecraft. Yeah. You, you're explicitly going to the nether, you're fighting bosses. You have to go out of your way for that stuff. But I mean, as far as like just maintaining your food and health. Mm-hmm. Uh, your health is maintained by you having uh, full food and your food is maintained by <laughs> killing cows and eating their meat, mm-hmm. which is really easy to do, like surprisingly easy. So yeah. like you have a small farm and you do it occasionally and it's such an afterthought. Exactly. There's a lot of other games, like when we were talking about the raft episode, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, yeah. you're thirsty, you're starving. I'm like, huh? You're tired. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. There's totally tr- things at you. And it feels, again, to go back to like an arbitrary difficulty meter. It's like, oh, yeah. let's throw in some fucking meters here where, where if you don't meet these requirements, you're fucked. Oh, the mm-hmm. game's hard. It's difficult. There it is. You like challenge. Right. Gotta eat this food in five Souls minutes. Minecraft. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. That, that's actually succinctly, I think, the main problem I had with Raft, which is also like on this list, I believe. Or if not, then I should. Yeah, I did put it on the list. Um, is I actually enjoy the challenging slash risky things in Minecraft. Holding shift to avoid falling into lava is oh, yeah. the most terrifying thing. Um, like, do I trust my pinky this much? Right. <laughs> um, but. Like those optional things, exploring the nether or, you know, armoring up and finding a dragon or doing whatever. Uh, I go I go for those goals and I expect to be kind of stressed out while it's going on. But like you mentioned, that baseline hemeostasis sort of like I'm basic needs are taken care of in Minecraft, really easy to attain. So if ever you want to dial it back a little bit and just do something casual watch something on Netflix while you like hit rocks. That's all super easy to do in Minecraft and you can just opt into it. 
whereas raft is only the stress right <laughs> it's yeah, like it's more of everything's a, a meter and sim. it's going down <laughs> it's like um, you know um the famous episode of i love lucy and the chocolate factory yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly it just feels like you're going around trying to like keep up with everything I didn't expect the I Love Lucy reference, but that's... It's probably not my best analogy. I think it... Well, it works perfectly. I just... uh, It is my best analogy in tie-in. Sorry, Lister, for confusing you. I I just think it's probably the most highbrow reference we've had (laughs) in, like, the last two years. I just... I really hate having to... Hey, go do this, because you have to go do this. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Fuck off. No. If I'm playing a game, I want to play to relax or get immersed mm-hmm. or discover or just enjoy or be surprised. Like I'm looking for emotional reactions. Don't give me busy work for the fucking sake of it. Right. It's such a turnoff because it's a it's a substitute for gameplay in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Metal Gears survive. Um, <laughs> It, it's also really don't di- like it. It's discouraging to be given a list of tasks where the end goal is to stay where you are, to not like make progress to something that you're building towards. But it's like if you want to keep what you got, you're gonna need to scare those birds away, right? Like that's not engaging. Did you ever play Drowning Simulator? No, but that sounds terrifying. Okay, so this was something. I it's think... not Subnautica. No. <laughs> okay. All this right. is something back when we were in college. Somebody made. I think just uh, a first-person video of somebody just kind of dog paddling like in the ocean. Mm-hmm. But essentially, if you don't keep clicking to keep them active, at a point they just start to sink. Okay. So honestly, just from a viewer's perspective, it's very stressful. You don't. If you've been in the water once, you've you've had these thoughts. Uh-huh. Um, but essentially, you're just keeping to make keep that person afloat. Right. What what joy there is that outside of like <laughs> there's none. Yeah, it's more of a information like hey, here's some things that people go through when they drown right. or in the process of drowning. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it feels like. It I I feel a little bad because. I don't know if we've ever like just pooped on a game as much as Raft, Dude, <laughs> but it's... anytime it comes up, <laughs> we had a whole episode pooping on it. Though it's it's true, it is true. Oh, it's um, going to come back up in another section very shortly too, probably. But yeah, um, I like survival in a sense of it's something that I I'm fine with having to do it. Yeah, but. Here's a good example. Breath of the Wild. I haven't played too much of it. It does hit a lot of these boxes as far as things it hits. But as far as the survival aspect, let's say I fall at great height. I've taken damage. My health's going to be low. Fair enough. Right. I can go and like craft a meal and eat that or have to use other elements or gear to go through a cold area so I don't die. Those are all survival Mm -hmm. elements. The things I have to maintain. But to what you were saying, if I'm going into a cold area, I'm going outside of where I am currently. I'm Mm -hmm. bringing forth. I'm not just sitting there enjoying the breeze and then I'm starving to death. Right. So I think it's fine if it makes sense within gameplay, not just... uh, We added some random timers into the game. (laughs) Yeah. I actually I didn't have Breath of the Wild here um, because it it's not early. It's the opposite of an early access game. It's a Nintendo game, which means they probably were finalizing plans for it twenty years ago. And they never. But, <laughs> yeah, well, um, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. But uh, one thing, one thing I loved about Breath of the Wild mechanically is like you're talking about the meals and the food. Uh, if you put in just like a baseline amount of effort there, there's advantages. If you spend time like diving into the system and figuring out what certain components do and how to like use synergy or whatever, you can make ridiculously good food. It's just like, Oh, do you want to just like fill all of your heart bars with just uh, like resilient hearts? 
like all the way to the end just double your health in the course of a meal because if so you know go out here and gather some of these nice rare ingredients and you can do that and like i never use consumables in games if i can avoid it because who uses consumables and i freaking did for breath of the wild because they're like yeah i'll double my health for a boss that sounds awesome you know um there's incentive to actually do the crafting and survival uh survival mechanics and go beyond it right um and so it's it's you know it's great for that that's what i want when i'm opting into the survival and crafting tagged game is a reason to do them beyond maintaining the status quo yeah you should never have to just maintain in a game because mm-hmm. it feels like busy work i mean to yeah. be fair like when i'm playing games it is just kind of usually mindless fun stuff and i'm not really progressing in my current my real life but hear me out <laughs> not sure where i was going with this um yeah right hear me out and then all right hear me out. don't hear me out actually so. <laughs> all right, guys. yeah it, but uh so good i was gonna say breath of the wild also hits on the open world aspect yeah so again open world you have Let's say you can have fixed maps. We've talked about this. You can have static things. Uh, but if you just have a great open void, what are people going to do? So you put right. things in. And then you have a variety of what you put things in. So these can be like different bandit camps, points of interest, shrines. Um, from what little I've played of Breath of the Wild, it does a great job of this. Because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel encouraged to explore. I feel rewarded when I get something cool. I like checking off like, oh, I found this spot on the map. Cool, cool. What about over here? And you go around checking stuff out and you're not limited by, the game says to go here now. Go here, please. Uh And you you can't go anywhere else. It feels cool to be like, hey, Link, there's some darkness by the castle. And you're like, that's cool. Oh, a bird. And then you follow the bird (laughs) for two hours and you find some shit. That is exactly the the essence of that game, too. It's like, in Breath of the Wild, you can actually fight the final boss at the beginning of the game. You'll probably die well before you make it there. But, you know, speedrunners do it. Um, And it's, I mean, there, there there are, like, gates. There's areas where it's like, hey, you know, you need clothing, like you mentioned, to get there. But you realize once you get to that gate, you're like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to work on this issue. I'll find a solution for it. We'll we'll push past it. And there's multiple solutions sometimes. Food, eat spicy food. There you go. Now uh, you're more resistant to cold because that's how spicy food works. right? <laughs> My mouth is hot. Let's brave the storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's the sense of exploration, I think, too. Like I've been. Uh, one of the reasons Subnautica was my game of the year for, I think, 2017, 2018 can't remember exactly both um, years you wouldn't stop years. talking about it you said 2019 it's, as well i was Even thinking 2020. about 2020 yeah <laughs> if cyberpunk wasn't coming out in a couple months maybe maybe but um man i i hope it's good <laughs> if we i all, say that and this ages <laughs> really poorly i'm gonna be so disappointed uh but uh open world games are often trying to like cash in on this this feeling of exploration even seven days to die where the world's pretty bland has you at least exploring nodes looking for loot weapons guns ammo uh, things like that um and breath of the wild's the same you're just like that's something awesome all the way over there and i can see it all the way from over here i'm gonna go run and check that out or ride a pony um one of the horses right your link is a literal horseman in that case uh but uh, like it literally has the ability to like drop icons on your map just custom things which i i want all games to do this from this point on because if you have an interesting enough map players should just be able to mark it just drop things on it yeah because if i don't play your game for a week i've forgotten where i am and where i'm going and where i've been it was nice to have like a hey let's check this out next time save and quit yeah um even if you have to pay for the markers hollow knight two out of ten game 
Fucking <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Best platformer in a. Um, yeah. No, it's it's. I play games for a sense of exploration a lot, and open world. I think when implemented well supports that goal. Um, like yesterday, I, I uh, as an aside, I completed the game in Other Waters, um, which has like a large exploration focus. It doesn't have an open world, like really, since it doesn't have that sort of implementation. But when a game can like evoke that sense of exploration, that's always huge for me. That's the reason I loved it in Subnautica. It's the reason I loved it in Breath of the Wild. It's the reason I enjoyed the world building in Other Waters. Um, and some of these games on our list just don't do that. <laughs> well, how about we list some examples of games that have done it poorly? Sure. I'm sure think people can think of good examples like Metal Gear Solid Five, Skyrim, Red Dead Redemption, Okay, these are all things you can kind of just go fuck off, do what you want, um, and come back. Yeah, I think so. Those are those are some interesting examples. Um, I think most of those are kind of like kind of like waypoint or point of interest based games. Metal Gear Solid Five is what I'm thinking of in particular. There's only a few maps and their open world that really stood out as super interesting to me. And they were usually kind of separated off and the rest of it was sort of far cry ish. And that you're just like clearing outposts, but the game was so good that that felt fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that was still really fun. Um, so there's definitely different ways you could implement it. Um, on this list, I could mention uh, Conan Exiles, which I, I played a little bit. What um, did Conan Exiles do wrong? Because I did not play that one. Uh, as far as... Well, part of this is, like Rust, it's a competitive multiplayer survival crafting experience, which I've yet to see actually work. <laughs> like I don't know how you implement that in a way that feels good for all of the players. <laughs> Uh, and I don't think that they've reached that because you can literally summon gods to completely wipe out enemy bases in like the 15 or 20 seconds or however long they're around. Um, but, you know, like, I guess as far as the open world's concerned, it's it was pretty basic when I played it. It was mostly sand, <laughs> sand and red rock couple oasis is you know cool build around that i guess um some novelty and that you could like build stairs and structures up the side of pillars and things like that uh, and you could choose to build pretty much wherever you wanted which is nice but it was held back by the early access part of it the this may never reach the aspirations we had at the start of development um, I mean, I think that at least fits thematically of this is a desert-based game. Uh-huh. It makes sense that it wouldn't necessarily be a lot of structures. But it feels so weird from a gameplay perspective to be like, all right, the next thing's... Uh, I'm just going to hold in W for a bit. Yeah. And you just have to like wait until you find something else. Yeah, there is a fair amount of that. Um I'll say I haven't played it in a while. I played it mostly when it launched. And it's a game I wouldn't mind revisiting with like a group of friends if it was on sale. But it's still, as far as I know, in early access. It's like, when do these games get finished? Um, and it definitely doesn't have the same open world appeal of something like Breath of the Wild or like Subnautica. Um, where it's just part like a major push in the game is figuring out what's around that next corner yeah and that that's the way i prefer it i feel like in general it's easier to implement open world for a single player than for Mm -hmm. multiplayer because it's a much more curated experience right whereas with multiplayer you have to be like well we have to allow players to build bases wherever the fuck uh, and interact and so you give them more of a wide swath right? versus in single player, you can say, this is your game world. 
it's big. You can still do whatever the fuck you want, but there are limitations. Yeah, one of the games on the list I think is kind of emblematic of what you just mentioned because uh, Green Hell, like we played in multiplayer and like, we had an episode <laughs> on it. Um, what a comical game. Yeah, uh, but part of the, like it had a relatively relatively curated map with a couple like points of interest. Most of it's jungle desert with like, some rivers. Jungle desert, no. Tropical desert with some rivers. Um, no, tropical jungle with some rivers. I was going to let you keep going. going. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get there. Any uh, uh, random generation algorithm will get there eventually, right? But uh, the game wanted you and single player, and as far as the story was concerned, to go all over the place. But that was constrained by the survival crafting parts of it, where it wants you to like build shelter, be safe from these enemy attacks, like gather supplies, establish your base. This is something that I think that comes up a lot in these games is you need to balance incentivize pe- incentivizing people building and exploring. Yeah, because once you set up camp somewhere, it's hard to say, all right, guys, uh, fuck that base. Let's go over here now. And you're like, I spent yeah. three days on the structure of this giant golden penis. It looks really cool and detailed. <laughs> yeah, because you can't really just migrate your base in any of these. Yeah, it's it's explicitly bad in, in green hell. Like, I went through and I played the single player after doing multiplayer. And uh, the game really wants you to be mobile through the campaign. But at the same time, they implemented base building, which is the antithesis. So, yeah. Unless you have like a personal teleporter, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Another sin of Green Hell I thought was everything looked so samey. Like, again, it was a fucking jungle. So it's trees out the wazoo. So even when we were trying to find each other initially, I think it, yeah. it took me an hour of complaining on Discord saying, where are you guys? Describe your exact location. I was just running around like a fucking idiot. We're down the river. <laughs> like I'm, Which I'm at river? a river. Which yeah. side? Describe your tr- <laughs> describe your local wildlife. It was. There's a hundred percent that. So yeah, if you have like copy pasta things, there's no notable landmarks. It's harder to obviously find out where you are, mm-hmm. and then to have interesting points or to say, hey, as a gamer, I want to go explore over here and check that shit out. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's trees either way. I'll just slap mud on my my wounds, right? Yeah, that was. It also had the uh, the meter management issue of the leeches. Like throughout the entire game, you were you were ripping off leeches, and did it ever really matter, or was it just something that interrupted the gameplay? It was pretty much something that interrupted the gameplay, right? Yeah. Like, I will say it was, at least from that aspect, it was cool to like look at different body parts and like tilt it yeah. to be like, where the fuck is this leech? Right. Um, but then with multiplayer, someone could just go up, mash E, and rip all the leeches <laughs> off your body. Leech, 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 leech. <laughs> like we would just yeah. uh, form a little triangle of like monkeys picking bugs out of each other's fur. Yeah. You're clean. You're clean. You're good. Um, you could argue that's like that's multiplayer engagement in some way. Maybe that's maybe that's mm-hmm. a better way to do it. I like the wound tending system and things like that, which was very similar to the leech system, but was purely reactive. Yeah, um, and I think like that's one of the big differences for some of these games. Like you need an incentive to to go out and do what you're, what you're trying to do. Um, so is there anything? I'm sorry. I was going to say, we haven't focused as much on crafting. That's true. So I don't think crafting in of itself is an innately bad thing. I like crafting a lot of games because it allows me to express myself creatively. But at the same time, uh, a lot of it can, for some games, be fairly samey. And it might not have functionality. Mm Mm-hmm. 
like in the sense of Minecraft, I can like dig in a hole, make a cool base. It's functional because I can sequester myself from mobs and enemies. It can be a place to store my goods uh, and I can make it look cool. So it's also aesthetic, yeah. but still functional. Whereas I felt like the stuff in Green Hell was, again, not the shit on this game or Raft. Uh-huh. Like it does have <laughs> function, but it seems like a lot more work to build and craft. Yeah. What are your well, thoughts? I think part part of that is because, again, the game didn't actually want you to use the crafting systems to the extent they were implemented. They kind of just felt like they had to. I feel like this is my guess of what the developer's intent was, but I feel like some of that base building was added as a community request because the community wanted this to be a horseman game. They wanted that crafting component, excuse me, in their base building and their survival game. Um, Whereas like, you know, none of that was strictly necessary. Right. Um, but I'm asking more of what is your thoughts on what are your thoughts on crafting in general? How do you like I mean, it to be implemented? Ah, I, I guess in general, it's it's pretty much a support system for most games, right? Like so Dead Space has crafting. Like Dead Space two and three, I think, have like weapon modification crafting and things like that. Like technically it can have the crafting tag. I don't know if that would be one of the prominent ones, but it could. But in that game, the crafting works really well. It supports the overall pace of the game. It feels like you're getting good upgrades. You're working towards something. I think crafting, I appreciate um, in games where it enhances the pace and like the progression, the pacing and progression of the game. Um, as opposed to a strict mandatory with like little reward for something like raft. Um, what would be a good example of that then? My thought is going to be something like not base building, but last of us where you get resources, you kind of slap some stuff together. You kind of have to choose where it goes, whether you want like a shiv or a yeah. bottle rocket or a landmine. Like you, you have your versatility of what you actually want it to be. Mm hmm. Uh, but it is th- things you can just kind of collect in the environment, slap together for functionality. Yeah, I think it's enhanced in Last of Us also because it's like part of a scarcity economy yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Like you, you don't have that many resources, so where you put things matters. If you have a really tough fight, you can be completely depleted of resources like before the next fight. Um, and it feels more stressful when you've got no options <laughs> going up against that that boss or whatever. Um, I th- I think I appreciate it most of the time uh, when it's implemented as a uh, well-balanced support system. It's harder for me to pick one of these games and be like, crap, this game would be better without crafting, right? Like pretty much anything I have on the list here. All right, so my question still stands. Do you have a good example of this? when you say just it's a good support system i'm not sure what that translates to um so i guess so we could talk about like the forest for a little bit i guess which is similar to a better green hell is probably the most concise way to put it oh yeah this came up with the green hell episode a lot we're like green hell (laughs) bad forest good yeah um but the crafting system in the forest was largely about getting either like potent temporary boosts, like increasing, like wrapping your weapon with something that'll like light it on fire or long-term significant boosts, armor, building your base, uh, diminishing need on your stupid meters by having like water storage and things like that. Um, Anytime I went out and I chopped down a bunch of logs in the forest and brought them back, I felt like I was accomplishing something. Um, and that's what that's what I like crafting to be. Okay, so the crafting is going to facilitate other pieces of the game. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. So if it makes survival more manageable, awesome. If it makes uh, mechanics uh, like a little bit less sh- sharp and some of like the penalties because you've got uh, negative consequences mitigated 
by having a wall before the cannibals run at you, for instance. Um, it feels good to be prepared for that and to actually have a payoff for what you're doing in the game. Okay. I like that description of it the best because it's not specific to the kind of slap things together of Last of Us or something that is strictly base building. Because mm-hmm. yeah. your needs might vary. Right. When I made a, a diamond J on top of my house in Minecraft, it wasn't strictly necessary from a survival perspective, but from a bling perspective, it was very necessary. <laughs> so that still qualifies as necessary. <laughs> What's the J stand for? Uh, Jake, Jake and Dave's podcast. I was really just expecting <laughs> you to pull something out that was less... <laughs> <laughs> less wholesome and kiss assy. <laughs> yeah. I thought it'd be like, just stop asking me these questions. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. That's what it stands for. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I could have put a cross up there. Probably would have been a little more direct, but you know, that's fine. Um, I'm trying to think of a game that I'm really enjoying the crafting of. Huh. Uh, Everything in Path of Exile, I would say. It's kind of crafty, but it's more RNG. I mean, the gem combinations. I would I would classify those as crafting. Your crafting combination, even if it's not like inputs consumed. True. Um, you're you're creating an end product. That type and of level that's of detail cool. of in-game customization for Yeah, I'd count that. Yeah. Like I didn't define the parameters before talking on this episode. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, let's discover saying. what this means for me. Uh, right. This is a journey of discovery for us every every episode. Man, some of these, I feel like the really good ones, the good ones being games that we've covered as previous episodes, yeah, are typically the exemplary ones. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we've made it pretty obvious that we shit on it. Again, yeah. going back to Green Hill, Green Hell, or Raft. Yeah. Um, there is. I was just going to give a, a shout out to a friend of the friend of the show, Starforge, which I have screenshots in here for things I took from Steam. Uh, one of them was: "There's no recent activity from the developers of this title, or you, or from your friends." And the other was a top community guide for how to remove it from your Steam library because it's not for sale anymore. And there's literally videos on YouTube documenting its fall to complete inaccessibility. Um, and this is, it just has all the negative things. It's a game I wish we could have covered when it still existed because the vitriol that would have spewed forth could have sustained us for decades. Um, but, you know, it was not to be. Just live off the hate of people like, yeah, fuck Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Which is unfortunate because it has shares the name of a uh, a MacGuffin in uh, Knights of the Old Republic, but that's a reference for a very specific subset of listeners. <laughs> if you're one of the listeners, please write in. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess what having categorized what we liked and what we disliked um, about this. Is there something it has this has this turned you off of looking forward to these types of games? Like we've talked about grounded recently, which is another one of these. Like, how would you hope that grounded could learn from some of these some of these missteps or some of these actual improvements to make it so we'll actually pick it up when it goes on sale someday? I know that one's a tough one. I know it's. I want, that's like a paragraph. I want question. to like it. Mm-hmm. I want to be on board with it. Um, I would say ideally, if it could not be janky, that's mm-hmm. one of the things of, with a lot of earlier access games. Yeah, if it could not be janky, um, if it didn't have shit, literally just for the sake of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether that be samey outpost type things, 
or some tedious mechanic. Uh, like I've seen like a little bit of gameplay on YouTube of like some less yeah. players. And it seems like the map is actually it's laid out like you're in a backyard. Right. So it mm-hmm. seems like it is a static map. Obviously still fairly big because you're shrunk down. Right. But and it seems like there is going to be a story that interconnects everything. Good. The um, forest had a story and we gave it positive marks for that. Yeah. Like, obviously, you can just get on and play with your friends, but it's nice to have an overall objective because let's say we were to play something like Seven Days to Die. The objective is defense hell <laughs> from zombie attack. Right. To cut off three letters from the title of the game is basically <laughs> the objective. <laughs> Seven Days to Hang Out with My Pals. <laughs> um, whereas the forest was to explore, find out what's going on, and then it can actually lead you into an end game. Like it was yeah. really cool mm-hmm. when I accidentally fell down a hole and discovered there was a fucking plot. Um, yeah, I didn't right. know. That was really cool. You had your fall broken by a stack of papers. <laughs> the <laughs> <Paper> story? <laughs> Chapter three. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess mainly those things. Hmm. And this, these are just comments based on what I've what little I've seen so far. Yeah, uh, I still would try it out on sale, but I'm expecting it to kind of cover a lot of the same ground as other games in that space. Yeah, I mean I'm a glutton for punishment and and an Obsidian fan, so from multiple angles, I'm probably going to pick this one up. I really hope that they have a like. A crafting system that uh, has good vertical progression. There's incentives to do it, and they reward the overall pace of gameplay. Um, and there's uh, fun experiences with friends, things like that. Having challenging gameplay that requires people to work together. Awesome. I don't see that enough. Usually in these types of games, you can kind of run off and accomplish things on your own, and then your friends log in later, and you're like, I beat the game. They're like, what? Yeah. I like to have <laughs> fun stories with people to look back on versus do you remember that time that they were T-posing across the river? Yeah. Cool. There was a, there was a comment I read once that was like um, talking about how multiplayer could make bad games uh, like much more manageable. And someone was like, yeah, because rolling the ball back and forth and like the back alley is fun. If you're doing it with your friends, you could do anything with friends and make it fun. And I want to see more games in this space emphasize that uh, social aspect, I think. Hmm, maybe you could have like a specific class based. Yeah. Which would exactly. force some cooperation. Yeah. It's one of the things, uh, not to go back to Seven Days to Die, but it's one of the ways we played the game originally that uh, led to a sense of community as we focused on different things. Have one person go minor, one person go science, one person go explorer. One person be a chicken farmer. Chicken farmer, naturally, yeah. It's an essential role. What's Um, that noise? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are are my thoughts on it. And hopes for the future, hopes and dreams. But what are your thoughts, dear listeners? Yeah. We'd love to have your input and discussion on one of the two mediums that we always broadcast. That being the soapstone podcast at gmail.com, where you can email us privately um, before we sell that to the cloud. As always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. Facebook.com slash soapstone podcast, where I post things, which is mainly a link to the audio boom. Um, <laughs> and occasionally we'll add a witty comment and very even. More or less occasionally, we'll post other things as well. This is the contract. This is the way. Check out those things. As always, we'll see you in the next one.